the OTV Sports app. Listen to OTV Sports Radio 24-7, plus all your favourite podcasts, including OTV Gold. Are you a complete rookie? The OTV Sports app, available to download now from your app store. Hey everybody, welcome again to the podcast where we try and scratch a little bit below the surface of coaching and see if we can find ways that we can all do it better. Uh, I think this is episode 12 today, uh, which is great because you know, I wasn't really sure if we'd get past episode 1 when I started, so it's it's nice to have got this far. Um, with the inter-county season on the horizon and, and, and COVID hopefully subsiding some little bit, uh, I'll be looking at maybe getting about another two episodes in before I have to put it on the shelf for a while. Um, and over the last couple of months, I suppose, a lot of coaches have, have contacted me at different stages um, asking questions about their own sport or, or whatever coaching questions they might have. Um, and I've always been very happy to, to answer, no problem at all. And I just thought maybe for the last episode, it'd be no harm that if people did have questions, especially it seems that we're, we are only a couple of weeks away from getting kids back on the field or on the track or, or whatever your sport might be. Uh, I thought it might be a good idea if coaches submitted their questions and, and we just run the questions and answer session for the last uh, for the last podcast. So if you have any questions or queries or anything that you'd like me to try and tackle, then then please send them in to the Mike Quirk Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Mike Quirk Podcast at gmail.com. I'll put the email address in the in the in the notes below and uh, feel free to, to submit any questions or anything that you might have in relation to the podcast or or, uh, or your own coaching context, whatever whatever that might be. And I'll be more than happy to try and tackle those and, and we'll put a podcast out with all those questions. Um, okay. Also, uh, for the people that have donated, again, guys, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to everybody who continues to donate to the fundraiser for Temple Street Children's Hospital. I'm delighted to see the way the number keeps continuing to fly up, and and over the next two weeks now, I'll give it a, I'll give it another big push to try and get you know as much as I possibly can to be handing over to those guys before we stop. Um, okay, I think that's about enough for me. So on to this week's guest. I'm delighted to say I have a, a, another showstopper. I've got Ray Boyne. Uh, I'm not sure if people would be familiar with Ray. You might be familiar with his Twitter account, which is which is brilliant and, and definitely worth checking out for anybody on, on social media. Uh, Ray has been a performance analyst with Dublin footballers, I think, since Pat Gilroy in 2014. And he was involved with Jim Gavin and uh, was involved with Dublin hurlers and then went on to the Tipperary hurlers and, and has won All-Irelands, you know, in his context in... in uh, in those sports all the way up the line so I was delighted to get Ray on to talk about you know statistics in one sense but generally about that idea of performance analysis and how how statistics can be used you know to to positively influence your your team performance I suppose really and this isn't something that's only for adult coaches or or coaches of adult teams or inter-county teams or anything like that yeah you'll get something out of it but also for people who are operating at those younger ages Ray does a a really really good job of, of explaining how he implements some really simple ideas into his own club at juvenile level stuff like focusing on the process but in terms of looking at the skills as opposed to the final outcome of the game and uh, some really really interesting ideas for coaches at all levels I think so I certainly learned loads out of it and I, I'm, I'm sure you might too so get your, your, your pencil and notepad out and and, uh, and listen to it a couple of times because there's definitely some stuff there that'll help in your own context so again if you enjoy the episode 
episode guys be sure to like it and review it the more the more traffic that that gets the more it gets shared around the place the more ears that listen and the more people that listen invariably the more people that donate to, to the fundraiser and to Temple Street Children's Hospital so thanks again for everybody that's listening and, and I really hope you enjoy talk soon Okay, so uh, Ray, thanks a million for your time. Appreciate you you joining us. Um, Ray, maybe for for the people that aren't overly familiar with you or your work, would you mind giving us a kind of a brief run through um, of of where you've been and, and what you've been doing? Yeah, um, <clears throat> starting in two thousand and three, Mike, uh, I was with the Dublin Minor team. Mickey Whelan brought me in uh, to do some very very basic statistical information during the game so um, that it would inform the discussion at halftime and, and post-match analysis and when I say it was very high level it was very high level and it's what people now regard as being a bit passe or whatever you know coaches aren't really interested in wides and pass completion and kickouts and stuff like that but uh, it was a great year we went to an All-Ireland final and we drew with Leash in the in the yeah. All-Ireland final it was the curtain raiser to uh our man Tyrone in, in, in the senior final <clears throat> and then we we, we, we got uh, beaten down in, in uh, Dr Cullen Park on the Wednesday afterwards by, by Leash so um, I spent a year with Mickey with St Vincent's in 2004 the, the, the next year again sideline looking at uh, just taking numbers and it was it was pen and paper um, the late Davy Billings um, mm. God be good to him uh, spotted me there and when Paul Caffrey got the job with Dublin uh, he, he asked me to come along to Parnell Park they were playing a game against Loud and to do what I did for Vincent's for Dublin right. and that sort of kicked it off right. um, I, I suppose by year two we were looking at video analysis and different forms of software and we were digging a little bit deeper into it um, Mike so uh, to, just to finish my journey I, I had four years with uh, Pillar um, Pat Kilroy came in and uh, he asked me to stay on for the first year that ended up me staying on for the for, for the four years with him yeah. um, two years into Pat's setup Jim had taken the under 21s with Dublin um, and Jim asked me to, to do the stats with the under 21s and we, we got a couple of All-Irelands um, in, in, in that time so there was probably a natural progression for me to stay mm. when Pat packed it in at the end of 2012. Yeah. And uh, I stayed with Jim for, for, for 2013. 2013, uh, you know, when you're doing performance analysis, you, you, you almost have to, uh, you're working with a coach and you're trying to, you, you're trying to dig deep into what way they want to play the game, mm. what, you know, is important to them. So, uh it, it it was a whole new game and, and it, it was quite different in 2013 with Jim. So right. uh, three young kids and um, I, I decided I was going to step back at the end of 2013 and, and uh, believe it or not, Mike, I was giving, I was giving it up altogether. Um, right. But uh, uh, 
Greg McGonagall was managing Dublin ladies and he just said, would you come along and, and have, and, and give us a hand, you know, um, which is always the, 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 <laughs> the worst thing you can hear. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. write down and then, you, you know, you get to meet the players, you get to meet the, co- the coaches and you get immersed in it and, and it becomes sort of a, a place to your passion. So um, we went to an All-Ireland that year with Cork, went in with a big... Uh, a big lead at halftime and, and and then lost by the narrowest of margins. So um, I, I also did a little bit of work moonlighting for the Dublin minor team, Conor Callahan's team that, that year. And we, we got to a semi-final against Donegal, which was good. So that was 2014. Um, uh, at the end of that year, Jim approached me again um, and he said, uh, would you come back in? So I went back into to the, the Dublin setup and uh, was there for 15, 16 and, and 17. Mm. Um, Pat Gilroy then took on the Dublin Horrors and uh, we looked at would it be possible for me to do both, but uh, we, we felt that there was probably more value in, in going with the Horrors and start to build a bit of momentum there. Right. Um, so set back from, from the football that year and... Threw, threw myself into the Horland with Pat in 2018 and um, things happened at, at the end of the year Pat had to go to America with work and I, I was I was out of a job as they say again yeah. the new manager yeah. had his own people coming in but I was lucky uh, within a couple of weeks of Pat going uh, Liam Sheedy rang me mm. and Again, he says, look, just come up and see us train and we're up in Abbottstown, you know. Um, I have to say that when I went up to see you see the Tipperary lads training, they, they were unbelievable. It was like what I would imagine going to uh, a Brazilian training session when right. Pele was playing or something like that. Uh, just the, the scale and, uh, you know, everything about the guys. I was immediately hooked then right. that day. So I got ready for the... Uh, round trip to Torless for training sessions on the weekend and um, I had a very successful year great yeah. year you know there's the, the, some really good sports scientists and there was a lad who'd come back from Arsenal doing the, the, the strength and conditioning with, with, with them yeah. uh, Damien Young was obviously there mm. who, who uh, a guy I'd have a, a huge amount of regard for uh, Tommy Dunn as a coach um, it, it, the, the setup just, uh, you know, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, and uh, we had a great year in, in, in 2019, mm-hmm. again, winning a Horland All-Ireland, which, which, which for me was was something I couldn't have dreamed of, yeah, like, yeah, to yeah. be honest. Um, uh, but, uh, but I did. And um, it, it, it was very, very different. You know, I, I, I'd, mm-hmm. forgo- I'd forgotten how, uh, you know, the commitment for maybe teams outside of Dublin, uh, you know, so getting down to, to Torless on a Saturday morning or, or wherever we were training in, in, in Tipperary for, for those in-house games. Um, so travel was something you don't, when you're living in Dublin and you're yeah. training in Dublin, it's, 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 it's quite handy. And um, of course, Tipperary don't play any of their games in Dublin. So uh, no. <laughs> in a way, a big the one, home yeah. match was in a way match for me. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it was good. Um, and that was it. Uh, I, I stepped back last year and um, this year I got, I got a call from Adrian O'Sullivan. He's even coached from Limerick who's taken... Dublin Camogie team right. um, and we've been trying to coach over Zoom for the last mm. number of weeks and we're looking yeah. forward to the 19th no more yeah. than yourself I'd say Absolutely. To, yeah. to get back you know 
That's um, it's interesting there that you you said that the, the coaches or the managers were saying give give us a hand like you should have known at that stage that was coach speak for we want you for a year at least yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, the, the good thing in, in in the middle of that too, Mike, was that uh, uh, you know I, I, I got to be with Anthony Tohill with the international mm-hmm. rules team, mm-hmm. um, and I got to with, to see Sean Boylan up close too with yeah. the, with the Leinster and on the interprovincial teams with you. Uh, which which were great, um, so yeah, I I, I guess uh, my own development. Um, I learned the, the the video analysis up up in Anglesey Road with the with the Leinster rugby guys. They right. they were using sports codes. So when uh, when we introduced this and Peter brought it in with with Dublin and, and we got the software set up, uh, I was very good. Emma Farrell was there. He's still there as their analyst. I think he looks after their their underage teams as well so he was very good to me and and, and helped me through that um, so yeah it, it, it's been it, it's been a, quite a number of years and, yeah. and, 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 and a journey and I'll remember you from, from those early days with, with Dublin because we were on the back end of some bad results against Kerry mm-hmm. back in them days the good, the good old days yeah the good old <laughs> days as I, as I like to call them yeah yeah and just like obviously then Ray like like that's really in in terms of what we have in Ireland. Like you you've been operating at the at the top end of of, of Gaelic games, obviously in, in those different roles, whether it's football or, or hurling, even the camogie. Um, and I and I'm like I I I want this to be uh, something as well that that we can that coaches in at, at club level, whether it's juvenile coaches or whatever, can can take something from and um, and I think. I, I think sometimes that idea of performance analysis or, or even the impact that statistics can have can get lost sometimes in, in that people, maybe it's just numbers and we don't understand, but there can be something very meaningful, obviously, behind those numbers. What, what is it when, like, what, what does performance analysis maybe mean to you or how would you kind of describe that or define it? Yeah, I, I, and it's interesting that you, you put it that way. For, for the last number of years, I've been involved in my own club in St. Sylvester's out in Malahide. Um, I did a bit of work for Pillar with with uh, Nafina in, in Dublin as well. Um, and one of the really good things, we, we've a great committee in, 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 in Sylvester's this year and they're looking at that player pathway. Mm. Um, they're really, really interested in trying to keep players after minor. Uh, w- within the club, and they're looking at you know the areas of nutrition, strength and conditioning, um, and performance analysis and stats. But they want to introduce that at a, a, at a very early level, you know, sort of under ten within the club. Um, and I've been working on a structure for the club to do that. And uh, you know, my suggestion or my proposal to them is is to look at it in, in, in three different ways. Um, so the very young young guys, you know, the analysis or the stats that you're going to be taking are only going to be for the coaches and not be shared with the with the players. Um, I think I think when you're coming up to fail a level, um, you can start to share the stats with the players, um, but they will be team based stats and general mm. stats and then not individualized stats. And then that moves sort of between minor into in, into adult games within the club. Uh, would look at, at, at individual performances and in the individual stats and, and giving feedback on that. So I, I, when, I, when I say last year I, I was off, I was, I was spending the sidelines 
back like I had been in 2004 and, and all the different fields around Dublin um, under the umbrella and uh, trying to do it, you know, it, it, it at club level. Mm. Um, there, there's, there's challenges there, Mike, I, I, what I, you know, it's what I would say to you. And I, I was probably very, very lucky that I got in at that inter-county elite, stroke elite level very, very early um, and came then to, to the club level. Uh, what I would say, some of the differences that you probably see when guys are showing up to training at inter-county level, um, they're very open-minded and are prepared to be critiqued and to, mm. to get that type of information of how many possessions they were on. Was the outcome of that possession positive? Um, was it a negative outcome? Why did that happen? Um, when, when you're bringing that across into the club, and, and there's a lot of moving parts in, in clubs. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I've had... I've a, a girl and, and, and two boys, uh, two young lads who, who've come up. Parents have a big impact on the sideline yeah. uh, when uh, when you're at sort of under 10, 12, 11, 13. Um, and they can be, it, it can be hard to, to convince them that there's a value in it. Mm. But if you look at those early year games uh, in, in Dublin, the way in which they're played, the, the small sided games, there's skill points. So for catch overhead, mm. um, you know, for proper execution of the of 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 the pickup. Yes. Um, so I, I think if you, if you can approach a game and you can have a look at those uh, at those basic skills and whether or not you're getting a return for them with within the game, it does isolate areas where you can take into the coaching on the Tuesday night or, or, or the Thursday night. You know, well, okay, we got no skill points for an overhead catch. And although we had maybe eight opportunities in, in, in that under 11 game. And, yeah. and I, 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 I'm conscious too, Mike, when, I, when I'm talking about this, sometimes people say, ah, you know, just let them, let them be themselves. Let yeah, them yeah. get out there and, 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 and play away and, and, do what they're doing and uh, let them play off the cuff and and that that natural skill will come out and come through with them. And personally, my, my own view, and I'm only talking about my own view, would yeah. be that that's great for the for for the maybe one or two percent of, of naturally gifted players like um like Clifford, like the Gooch, like Dermot Connolly, those type of players, it's brilliant. But there's no other aspect of what, what what those young girls and young fellas do where you would you wouldn't have a game plan or you wouldn't have a plan or you wouldn't have a structure or you wouldn't have parameters for for them to operate in so you know I, I, I would suggest you couldn't imagine school teachers saying well look okay I'm going to teach you English show up to the class whenever you want I'll scatter a few books around it the, the room there just pick them up and you learn at your own pace and you'll pick it up and you're going to be a scholar you know <laughs> and 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 sometimes even when I'm talking to coaches I find you know some coaches in clubs will start to say ah that devil stuff it's not going to put the ball over the bar you know what's that fellow wearing that thing on his back for you know and yes. why do you want to know how hard he's running and and, and all of those stuff uh, you know and so I, I think it's important that you have a plan, you know, um, 
if uh, and, and I'm glad you said at the start of this now that you're having good weather down there because my mother-in-law is a sort of West Kerry woman and lives in, in West Limerick now and she's saying that it's 19 degrees down there it's a bit colder up here in Dublin at the moment yeah, today but if I'm he- <laughs> if I'm heading to her you know I'll I, I, I plan I'll plan the journey so uh, it, it's good for your players to know it's good for your goalkeeper to know that when he puts the ball down on the tee for the kick out you know, there's going to be movement in front of him and he has got options. One, two, three or four, where, where, where to put the ball. And the players are going to move and, and, and make space for them. Um, now, Jim Gavin was always a great man for, for quoting um, some of the military guys. And I think it was Patton who said that that, that no plan survives the... the <coughs> the first meeting with the enemy. So th- that is true. Uh, you know, th- that, that is true. Um, and I would say that we, we were looking and talking about, uh, you know, the commode going back training uh, on, on the 19th and, you know, the dressing rooms will, will be here. And it's great coaching staff around them, Adrian. Tony uh, Fox had put up a map and, you know, we'll have the van here and this is where you can go on the wall or it'll be here and this will be here and that will be there, you know. So they're, they're not expecting the players to sh- just show up and go out on the, on the training park and do it. So there's a structure to training sessions. There's a structure to, to setting up training sessions. But I am amazed at how little structure there is to actually playing the game um, at, at club level in, in, in some areas. And I, I think that players like to know what's expected of them. They like to know... Um, you know, if I do this, this is this is this is what will happen. And we've done a few little sort of checks on this last year. You know, at club level, especially around kickouts, because something is you know, yeah. kickouts are very very basic. And players will get static and they'll stand and they'll know he's going to go to Mike in the centre because Mike's our go-to guy and, and he's going to win the ball for us. So we don't really have to do anything. Mm. And we'll wait till the second phase of that play and, and we'll move on. You start to introduce, um, okay, we're, we're going to go to the number seven, but we need everybody to clear out that space and we're not going to hit the number seven static. We want to hit the number seven who's running and we're going to put the ball in in front of them. And that's, let's say, kick out one. And kick out two is we're going to go short maybe to number two. Um, and again, you know, we're, we're going to bring extra people in there to get his marker off and create that space. Or, you know, we're, we're, we're going to clear out the half back line and we're going to look to get the half forwards to run into that space. Now, it may not always work. In fact, it may never work. Yeah. But um, what you will see, Mike, is that every single player on the team will start moving. Yeah. Um, and and th- th- that will be the difference. That will be the difference to when you have nothing there, you know. So players are ready. I think they're, uh, they're more engaged with the game and, and, and they move on. And, and um, I would say that there's challenges at club level in getting coaches to see that. And... Mm. Um, and again, I'm a great man for like complexity sales, Mike, you know, so mm. the, the the more gadgets you can have, the more yep. cameras around, the more things that you can have on players, everything like that. Everybody wants to be ahead uh, of the piece. But if you, if you break the game down and we look at um, 
let's say a match between between any two clubs. Let's let's say uh, Croaks and Austin Stacks will take. Okay, so Croaks will have the same opportunities from their possession as as Austin Stacks will because once Stacks get the ball, they have to play that through the lines, and it'll either be turned over. Croaks have it, or they take a shot. It'll go wide. Croaks have it. They take a shot. It'll be a score. Croaks have it. So then Croaks have it and it's up to them then to take the ball through the lines and the objective is, 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 is at the end of it is, is, is to get a score. So there's never a situation in a game where a team doesn't have an opportunity. Yeah. Both teams have an equal set of, of, of opportunities. There's a whole pile of other factors that, that will play into that. But if you're looking to analyse a game, what you probably need to do or what I would suggest you need to do is you need to look at where's that breaking down for you? Yeah. So, you know, if you're in possession, are you getting from where you need to go and transitioning through, as we call the offensive transition, uh, into a scoring opportunity? And if you aren't, where is that breaking down? Is that breaking down as primary as the as the kick out are you losing your own kick outs uh, is it that you're winning your own kick outs and coming down and being stripped of the ball um, is, is, is it something to do with the pass completion you know and if you're not getting those passes digging a little bit deeper under that why are you not getting those passes is it that the forwards are being too tightly marked is there not enough movement in there are they creating space for one another and um, I, I, I always look, like that saying where you're either creating space or you're taking space. Um, and static players take space uh, and defenders love static players. You know, yeah. they, they, yeah. they love somebody who's going to wait in, in, in there. So it, it, it's an interesting transition or an interesting piece of work I'm doing at, yeah. with the club. And I, I, I don't underestimate the, the, the challenges for the coaches, you know, because mm. parents do want to see their 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 uh, their kids playing a particular way, or yeah. they want, and and they don't want too much structure around it. But my view would be that um, when you're under pressure, you sort of rely on on, on y- yourself and what you know. And if there is a process and if there is a structure there, mm. it'll always give you something to fall back on and sort of say, well, okay. I mentioned this to somebody yesterday as well. I had never seen a player play themselves into a game. You know, you might bring a guy in, or they've started badly, and you might say, "Come on, you know, give it, you know, let play yourself into the game." But I, I've seen countless really, really good players work themselves back into a game. Mm. Um, and I remember listening to Paul O'Connell once saying that, you know, there's absolutely no excuse for you not being the very best player at all of the things that don't require any mm-hmm. talent. Um, and that could be, isn't it? And that, that could be getting the tackle in, you know, covering the ground. So, you know, if you're a corner forward and it's not working for you, um, are, you know, are, are you chasing back? Are you supporting the defenders? Are you making sure that you're getting a press on? Are you making sure that you're making a nuisance of yourself on on, on the opposition's kick out? Are you moving and, 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 and helping everybody else? You know, and automatically after a period of time where you're doing that, that amount of work, 
the ball comes to you. You're you're in yeah. a different mindset, physically, mentally. You're more prepared. You're more you're 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 more ready for it. Yeah, yeah. the The underage stuff is fascinating there, Ray, as well. Like I, like the idea of I suppose what you know to take it to the youngest players that you were talking about there, where that maybe if you were doing stuff in the club for the younger the younger age groups, that those stats would be exclusively for the coaches and not not as a as a stick or a carrot for 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 punishing or rewarding players, but in terms of taking the emphasis away from the score, the final scoreline in any game, now you can obviously do that in a training game or whatever it is, but in terms of really focusing on, and I, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but like part of what Jim Gavin used to always talk about in terms of the process was, was, was putting the emphasis on, on those kind of you know, building blocks as opposed to concentrating on the, on the final scoreline, if I'm saying that in the right way. And I think for underage coaches, that's a... Like if you're looking at a game and you're measuring how many high catches you're doing, how many block downs you're doing, how many good kick passes into our inside forwards, how many times they took on their man and using using those things as a metric to say, well, this is actually how we performed. Regardless of whether we won the game by five points, or we lost the game by five points, we actually really improved in these areas from the last time we played and, and it's something we'll work on again and we'll keep improving on it. And then we'll start to worry about the score as we get older. But some of those metrics are... are are part of the process, I suppose, really. Is that fair? It is. And Mike, you, you fit the nail on the head because if if you allow yourself to be directed by the result, mm. well, then you, you, there's an awful lot that you can miss. And if I think in practical terms, I, I think in my own days as a, as, as, a, as a B player with Aaron Zyle out in singles um, and you know we, we've got one or two great players on the team and they could carry you to a, mm. to a victory and they could win you know it, they could win the match for you and everybody goes home happy okay yeah. and I maybe never touched the ball for the whole game and I'm not getting any better and I don't know what's right or or, or, or What's wrong? So you lose that if 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 you're if you if you concentrate on on the result, mm. and I think that you know in, in a lot of clubs, you know that, that I would see there's probably one or two stars. There, mm. there, there certainly is, and you know they they can mask the deficiencies of, of the team. If you want to develop the team as a collective, and you want to give everybody an equal opportunity the 20 kids that are down there to, to play the game, well then analyze it based on, on, on the process. You know, what, what, you know, what do we do on, we, we, we break it down in five elements. So what do we do on our kick end? How do we move the ball from our half into their half? Okay. What do we do when we get it into their half from the point of view of the forward organization and the shooting? Okay. Then we're, we're, we're into, what do we do on uh, on their kick out, and what do we do then on their transition, which we call our defensive transition? Um, there's a role for every single player on the team in those five key areas, mm. and you can look and see you know what players are doing, even at the even at let's say the the elite level. One of the things that that I would find helpful, and I, I you know, the, one the two young lads give me a hand now, um, and we we we'd have the matchup stone, so each team, and um, we'd be looking at you know if, if, if 
I don't know, uh, Brian Fenton, Mike Quirk are, are, are there. Look, how many possessions is, is, is Mike on? How many possessions is, is Brian Fenton on? Um, you know, how many of those possessions then are positive? How many of them are negative? It could be a situation. There could be a situation where you're having the game of your life, but you haven't been on the ball. Mm. So you do need to look at the flip side of that. Yeah. You know, if you're taking, if you're accounting for one of the opposition's best players and you're neutralising them, yeah. well then, you know, that means that that you've been touch tight, you're marking, uh, you're getting into the space, you're following them everywhere, you're keeping them, you're keeping them out of the game. So, um. The, the first cut of that may have been coaches sort of saying, well, you know, I, I want to know how many balls all our players get on. And then they might be down, coming down on the case of somebody who who, who has maybe one possession or one touch or, ha- or having those. But it's not looking at the full story. I, I would say it's not looking at the full picture, yeah. you know. Um, I, I think in, in, in a game... Um, if I was Desi Farrell, I'd accept a situation where maybe Philly McMahon has zero possessions. If Clifford has zero possessions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, that, that that's what I would say just about about the process and about, about it being a process. Um, and why those, those, you know, the, the early days, the the, the stats were just about who was winning the kickouts for us, mm. who was getting the scores for us. But we weren't really looking at everybody else. So we weren't looking at everybody, you know, uh, all of the, the, the people who were working equally as hard to create those opportunities. Um, so that that's why, especially underage, I think that's a, a city that was spot on on that. You need to park the result park what the scoreline is going to be um, and make sure that the, from a development point of view that the, the, the players are improving week on week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I'm a big believer of that. And I, and I think that's, that's like, it's a, probably a shift for coaches. You know, it is, it is a big paradigm shift in terms of, of, and we talk about it all the time, especially in underage sport about maybe keeping the result in perspective that it's not really to be all in all. If we're, if we're really talking about developing players and keeping people playing in the game, that idea of, of, of focusing on those kind of giving people maybe very basic targets or whatever it is, but that we're really looking at, at that development piece as opposed to maybe the performance, you know, side of it. And, and, and uh, that's, that's important. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really, that's a really big place for, for coaching to get to. And it's probably nudging that way a little bit that we're starting to break it down into smaller parts, really. I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right. And, um, I, I do understand that you know that, that young guys in, in a local village like my own village out here in my life may feel under pressure to get a result yeah. you know with, yeah. with an under 14 team or an under 13 team and they may feel that you know that, that, that there's pressure from the parents there's pressure from the clubs they need to be uh, achieving and winning things yeah. um, and, and that can be difficult because unless you're a very very strong and very disciplined coach and you have that philosophy of, of, of bringing all the players along um, you're open to do you know 
you'll, you'll play the guy who hasn't been at training. Mm. You'll play the guy who's, you know, maybe hasn't got the, the, the same level of humility or hasn't got the same passion for the team or, you know, it, it isn't the guy who'll get down in the trenches and, and dig you out. But for the sake of getting that 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 one result, um, you're in danger of alienating a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think I, that that can drive players away, you know? Yeah, definitely. And look, I suppose people will say, I'm not being, or you're not being, we're, we're not being realistic. And of course, look, if you're, you know, over under 15 or 18 or, or sorry, 17s now or 14s or whatever it is, they want to win. like, And the kids want to win themselves, obviously. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be trying to win the game. And that's all fine. But the the, the beauty of it is, is uh, uh, maybe your context is, that you can, you know, you can maybe do a little bit of both. Like you can, you can put the emphasis on the on the process to to steal that word again, and and put, you know, look at those individual things, and then obviously the the result is a part of it. But it's not the it's not the fundamental part. It's not the focus. Like the focus is on how are we performing our skills? How are we defending? How are we, as you say, those five key areas, like kicking out the, our kickouts, transitioning the ball, what we're doing with the ball, their kick out and defending their transition. Like if you even looked at those five areas and put different little bits in around it as a club team, you know, and then the result nearly in one sense to kind of phrase kind of takes care of itself, I suppose. Exactly. And, I appreciate that some coaches, as you say, will be listening and they'll be saying, listen, I have to get out there and I have to win. But the thing is, the best way to win, the best way to win the game is to have every single one of your players playing to the best of their ability mm. as individuals and collectively as a team. So the process is, when we talk about a process, we're, we're talking about getting to that stage. We're talking about developing every player to be the best that they possibly can be. And then developing that team that they're a part of to be the best, you know, even better than the, than, than the collective individuals, but as a group, even better. Mm-hmm. So if you get beaten on a day with your team performing in, in that way, mm-hmm. well, then... You take it on the chin and, yeah. and, and, and happy days and, and, and you try and find out well, what we need to correct to make it good. But the beauty of this thing is that if you do that and if you develop the players to be the best that they possibly can be and if you develop the team collectively as a unit to be the best that it is, what I have found is more times than not, you end up winning. The result follows, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, that's that. That's that's the case, and and I and I think it's probably just important to yeah to put like despite the fact that maybe we want to put a bit of focus on these things, it's not it's not in the complete uh, absence of of worrying about the result. You can you can like your 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 point is the result will follow and and probably follow follow in a positive sense if if this is the way that that you're you're putting a little bit of emphasis on it. I, I just wanted to maybe and and it's not specifically in the double context, but but for people in terms of stats. Um, like for for a club team or any team, where are they getting the metrics that they need to look at? You know, in terms of every team is different. Every team has their own strengths and weaknesses. And maybe we're really good on kickouts, and you're really good on on your defensive transition, and you do a great job of stopping the ball. Or and again, I'm conscious there might be people in basketball or somebody else listening in different sports and all that. Where do teams? get the metrics that they really need to focus on to, to bring about that improvement? 
And, and if I can turn that question around on you, okay, and, and you're a coach, you're a manager, um, and what I would always say is that, you know, pe- people would come to me and say, well, what is a tackle? You know, what, you know what, what should I be measuring? Okay. And my answer to that would be, well, the tackle is whatever Pat Gilroy tells me a tackle mm-hmm. is. Um, and I should be measuring um, what Mike tells me he needs measured. So you, you have your definition and the way in which you want to play the game. Um, and you, you'll have the way in which you want to set the team up. Uh, and that might be, you know, to make them difficult to, to beat. And you will know, okay, at the start of the season, how you want to transition. So if I if I was sitting with you, I'd say, okay, Michael, what, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to go short? Do you want to make sure it's it's like a positive restart? You, you hold possession every time. You, you're not going to put it out. Sometimes we, when 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 I when I'm thinking about it, you wouldn't do what certain teams do on a kick out on a sideline, mm. okay? Because and both of them are just two, they're both restarts, but you'll always look for somebody from a sideline. But very very rarely you see somebody just letting it out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so let's say. Mike says, well, okay, well, what I want to do is I want to move it through the lines. I, you know, I, I, I want to get the ball to uh, the halfback. I want him to go diagonally to the half forward. And, uh, you know, I want to isolate two full forwards inside and play the ball out in front of them. So wh- wh- where do you get the metrics? The metrics is, is, is that what we're doing? You know, if, if that's what Mike wants to do and if that's what Mike's working on in training and if that's what the players are being told to do, well, then... We have a simple metric. If, if, if every ball is, is going towards number eight and nine from the kick out, well, we know somebody's not after getting the, the, the message of how, how you want to move the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, so yeah. we can very quickly say that to you on the sideline and start to say, yeah, well, we're measuring the, 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 the kick outs. Uh, and you know the way you said you wanted to go to number seven? <laughs> well, it's not. It's not to number nine all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and at least then you get that, that opportunity to, to correct it. So, um. Taking it, I, 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 the way in which I was talking to the club about it, the, the underage ones, which it's just for the coaches, only measure the skills, measure measure the basic skills, measure pickups, measure hand passes. You know, did they complete a hand pass? Right, left. You know, identify the areas that 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 you will need to work in in the training sessions. So. You know, if players are, are solely reliant, as, as we did back years ago, on, on one foot, and I had to put up some videos of, you know, of, of even, you know, the Matt Connors here, what made him the best player, you know, one of the best players ever, probably in some people would say the best player ever, it was his two-footedness, mm-hmm. you know, but it was it, he, he, he was playing with two feet when it was unusual for mm-hmm. players. Yeah. And, and if you look at the, the game in them days, you can see guys... You know, angling their bodies so they can kick with the, with, with their one foot. So you need to identify that in young lads at club level, and you need to get them working on building, a, you know, confidence in themselves, and and, and that will come after practice with uh, you know with with their less good foot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would say, what do you measure? Um, at the very measure the measure the basic skills. Well, what you know. What, what you need to be able to do to play the game competently. 
Um, if you're moving on from that, then tactics are starting to come into it. So you have to look at some metrics or some way of measuring how you do, how you're doing, for example, on that transition. So it, it might be a case of you want to move the ball through the lines with Leach. So that, that, that ball is coming out to seven. You know, is it getting across to um, to thirteen, um, and and are you getting the shot off? And if you aren't, then you know there needs to be a note taken of, of where that is, and it could be that um, that pass from seven has been intercepted. So why is that? Is there pressure on on seven uh, when when they're taking that that kick? Uh, is there a lack of movement for them? into space um, are the other players there for them uh, and then you know your backup options your outlet ball and always having your out, outlet ball somebody coming off the shoulder that there's a pop pass on if you do get into trouble and and, and that's not where it is you know yeah. are the runners there and you need to measure and take note of whether or not the runners are there and then you can correct it and you, you, you can do that then in walkthroughs on the pitch when you when you, when you when you get back to training and sort of say well no you didn't support him you weren't there and uh, we need to get you know your break and, and then you'll get into the debate and and, and this is where you start to get the real value because the players will say well I can't leave my man in case we're torn over and the ball comes in over my head and then you say, well, okay, well, then we know somebody needs to come across and, and cover that position for you. And and I, what I used to love about Pat Gilroy as a coach was he, he, he coached by question, you know. He, mm. he used to get the lads into the dressing room at halftime and he'd say, okay, you know, what's going well? You know, in the, in the halfback line, the lads tell me what's going well and um, what, what could be doing better for you? And they will come with the answers. They'll say, well, you know, we get on... We get on the ball and we look up. All we can see is a, you know, is opposition jerseys in front of us. Um, and, and then, you know, well, how could you correct that? You know, he would always just keep asking questions. How could you correct that? And they'd say, well, if the inside guys could, you know, maybe overload on one side and create the space, we could get the ball in there. And you're getting the players almost to peer-to-peer coaching and they're, and, yeah. and, and they're solving the problems themselves. And then they own they own the style of play. They own the the issue, and, and they do it. And you're not being overly prescriptive with it. Mm, yeah, and and like I, I love that idea. I think that's that's again that's where coaching is going. That idea of of supporting their kind of autonomy and and and, and coaching by by questions, I suppose, is is a, is a is a big thing now, and it's it's becoming a little bit bigger. But just to just to go back and on, on a little bit on, on the last thing there, I suppose it's it's probably the key point as well in terms of statistics or analysis like it has to be it has to be actionable really it has to be something that's going to impact like if you're talking about a situation there as a halfback is giving the ball away or it's not finding its way to the corner forward well then how are we taking that information out of the game and how is it impacting us moving forward really that that that's a key aspect of it isn't it yeah and and that's where you need the video analysis that's because if you can't show the number seven what's happening to them Mm. Um, you're, you're sort of relying so that, that's where in, in club stuff you're really only bringing in the tactical side of things later on where, where you are you, you might have somebody in the club who can video the session or video yeah. a game and more and more clubs are getting videos of the game certainly at, at senior level within Dublin 
so you know that that seven has to you know what options you want seven to take but it, the, the the video can back it up and you can you can show everybody where they are at that particular time when that happens you can show them when it works and you can ask that question well why did it work in that instance mm. what did you do that made it work in that instance or you can so that that's where the, the you know the, the analysis will will fall down if it's just if it's just stats on on their own mm. when when you get into that that more tactical side of things. Whereas I would say a pen and paper, um, for you know up to under sixteen is fine. It's perfect, yeah. and yeah. you don't need video stuff for that because at the end of the day, you're not going to say, listen, Mike, you know, you were intercepted three or four times because Mike might show up again, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, at yeah. least he, 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 you know that that's the situation and you can work then in training on, on, on Mike completing those passes. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's uh, that's an important message, I suppose, with it really. And there's a lot of teams now, senior club teams, minors, 16s, you know, all, all the way down, I suppose, really using you know, that, that pen and paper, as you say, and maybe taking basic kickouts, turnovers, you know, maybe attacks and, 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 you know, what happens when the, when, when the opposition attack inside your 45 and basic things. But like, I, I think that information, sometimes it, it just gets lost in, in that, oh Christ, we had 30 turnovers, we had 20 turnovers, we had 15 turnovers. But but then that that information has to inform your training going forward. Let, yes. Let, yes. Let, let's just look at that from a slightly different angle. And um, so if you're on the 13 team going out on Saturday morning, and let's say you have a basic grid, and down the left you have every single player's name, um, and across the top you've got uh, all the different skills, you know, hand pass. Okay, and leaving enough, leaving enough room in, in, in that. So Mike gets on the ball and it's a foot pass and it's, it's a good foot pass and he completes it. And you can just put that down, you know, under foot pass, you can give him a tick. That was a positive. Um, you can put down, it was a negative, you know, put an X. Um, a hand pass, you can put it down, it was, it was a negative. <clears throat> so you come away. You know, okay, when, when you add up all, all the X's that there are 30 turnovers. But the big thing for you that you need to know is where were the turnovers and who made them and why were they? You know, where they, you can say it was Ray turned the ball over eight times and it was all kick pasts. Well, then you know what you can work on next week in, in training and, and, you know, yeah, you can have maybe that conversation as a one to one, even with a thirteen year old. Yeah. How did you feel that went there? You know, a couple of passes went astray. We'll work on that next week. We'll get that back, and you're almost helping them. So I, I would be a firm believer in, in in that. And forget about what the opposition are doing, you know, and forget about how good their conversion rate is or how good their passing rate is uh, at under thirteen. You're just looking at your own players and they're putting your own players almost under the microscope and, and, and seeing where they are. And you're getting a little fact sheet at the end of the game that will say that they had 13 touches, you know, and the mm. four kick passes and three were completed and three hand passes and all three were completed. And at least then you can identify in, yeah, you know, that's good, but this is where we need to go. Yeah. And as an overall piece, you know, if, if your passing is down, 
you know, as a team, collectively, you need to work on your passing. Hmm. If you're shooting, you know, if, 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 you, if, if Reyes had seven shots and six of them are wide, um, well, then you certainly know you need to get Ray in front of the, the, the goalposts yeah. on, on Tuesday night. Um, and again, ha- ha- have a word with them. So <clears throat> you do need to be a little bit more specific than than the general thing. And there's yeah. nothing worse, I, I would say, for a player who's 13 to have a coach come in and say, well, look, we're after turning the ball over 15 times there. I'm sure in their heads they're sort of saying, I wonder what that means, you know, mm-hmm. or what's, yeah. what's that all about? Like, you know, yeah. um, whereas, you know, if you can sort of say, well, look, okay, in our half back line, you know, they're, we're after giving the ball to them five times. Mm-hmm. At least then they go out in the second half and a little bit more focused on, 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 what, what the issue is yeah. and, and what they need to put right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, listen, I, I think every club, at, at, at a minimum, every senior club team or every club playing adult football, everybody's got somebody you now that's, that's giving them some level of statistic. And, and and I think players players want, they want that bit of, especially as they get older, obviously. And, you know, you're talking about the under-13s, but that's still that's the coach that's that's organizing that and that's looking at that and then again it's not it's not a it's not something to, to, to beat them over the head with but as we get older players are craving that kind of information like they're they want to know they want to know the the, the granular details of, of their performance you know what how many possessions what I did with the possessions where I did it how many tackles fouls all of that kind of stuff even even you know at, at those higher levels that you were probably the stuff even off the ball you know those 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 runs that you made to to get back and help out on somebody else's man that mightn't appear on any stat sheet in a newspaper but they're the things that are valued and are encouraged in the group because like you made the point earlier about once the once the halfback starts making runs for kickouts, suddenly the whole team starts making runs and it becomes it becomes infectious amongst everybody. And and the same thing I suppose with that. Did you find Ray when when you were measuring something? it became almost kind of infectious or, or, or encouraged everybody to get on board with it? Yeah, and, and, and one of the big questions, you know, you would ask, do you get the buy-in? You know, it, it, it's down to a level of trust. Hmm. And, and, I, and I can't understate, you know, I can't understate that, Mike. Um, if you're giving player, you know, individuals, so let's say if I, when I was operating with any of the teams, if you're giving an individual player all of his involvements in the game, be it runs, everything like that. It needs to be hundred percent accurate mm. because um, if, if, if there's any, don't give them, don't give them a stack unless you're hundred percent sure. Yeah. And when, when they build up that trusting, I read, I'd be down, you know, and it was, it was the same with, with, with Dublin football, Dublin hurlers. And when, when I'd go down to the training sessions with Tipperary, the guys would be coming off, uh, you know, in, in, in the A's against B's match week before championship at halftime. And they'd be asking you, you know, you, you'd be surrounded by fellas, you know, you know, how many times did I get in there and, and uh, you know, and take up that space and prevent them from getting there? You know, they all wanted to know. Yeah. their individual stuff. In actual fact, they had a, a bigger focus on their individual pieces than they did on on on, on the collective. Because that I think that's admirable. They, that's them saying, I want to get better. I'm coachable. 
Um, I'm listening to, to to what's being said, and I know where then I I I, I put the work in. So no, when you say infectious, absolutely. When 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 players, and I see it even with, with the senior club team up in Sylvester's, there's an appetite there. I, and I I just say probably the Xbox generation where they're playing FIFA and that there's loads of different statistics being thrown at them on the screen, and. Mm. Um, they're, they're very, very open to it. You know, the younger lads, will, the younger girls will come to you um, at club level and they want it. And it's almost, you know, an older coach, maybe like an outfit like myself or something like that. And I'm saying that, uh, you know, oh, no, no, don't be telling them. Whereas in actual fact, now the players now, they want it, you know, they want to know because they know that... Uh, Messi has a pass completion rate of this and, you know, yeah. this touching and he make, does nine kilometres. and uh, You know, so they're saying, which, you know, I, I'm matching myself against that. They, they know all of that information and data is there and yeah. they love to get it. They absolutely yeah. love to get it. Yeah, and I suppose it's about how it's framed as well, obviously. And, and you know, if, if it's something like that, uh, we had um, Bernard Jackman on there a few weeks ago speaking about it and he, and he mentioned the... Uh, gamification uh, in sports coaching where where it's about trying to give the kids um, you know their, their basic needs I suppose in terms of, of uh, you know like a video game does you know a game like Fortnite it gives them it gives them those aspects of the self-determination theory like where where, where it hooks them in and, and, and they want to know about it and, and something like that I suppose in one sense as well is giving kids that little bit of a gamification idea of it that yeah, you had, you know, whatever, a, com- a past completion rate of, of 70% or, you know, you might want to go there with kids. Yeah. But in, in terms of small little nuggets like that, it, it, it can be a little bit towards that as well. And and giving them that sense of of, uh, of knowledge, I suppose, of, of, yeah, this is like the video game and here are your little numbers or whatever. You know, yeah, that's that's another angle, I suppose, if you framed it that way. Um... So the the buy-in piece, the buy-in piece is big, and you do need the players. And and you were saying there about carrot and stick and and beating them over there. It, it, it comes with experience when you're dealing with players. You know there is a way to deliver a message. To, mm. You know, and and I, I think you know some of the rules you you complement in, in in the group and and if you to critique you, you do that on an individual basis and um, uh, like I, I will go back to when we started this uh, you know back in 2004 2005 uh, and, and a video session you know the only thing you'd be missing would be the blood from the floor like you know because thing would go up wrong options you know and yeah. uh, I'd tell this story one of the one of the great Dublin players who who, who does a bit of commentary now you know um, and I, I think he appeared three times in the wrong options video <laughs> you know and uh, I, I'd be arriving down to to a hurling match and they'd be there in the commentary and he'd call me over and say remember you put me in that video there but I'm taking all those wrong options you know um, so the, 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 you know I, 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 I do hold my hands up and, and, and apologize uh, certainly in the, in the early days it was sort of saying look look what you did my god how could you do that you know in front of everybody yeah. and I'm sure that that drove people into the shells and yeah. uh, and they didn't so no you, you're, you're spot on to, 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 to offer advice or correction or, 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 or to help people there's a skill in itself it's, it's almost yeah. an art and you don't want to you don't want to alienate them 
No, and I can remember the early days. I remember being involved with, with Kerry in 2003. <clears throat> Paulie O'Shea was the manager, God rest him. And, and back then it was it was the old VCR, the, the the tapes, and that you'd put it in and press rewind and, and try and fast forward up to the moment that he was talking about. And and then that advanced slightly to the DVDs. And, and, and when you used to be doing it, it was, fellas used to actually, you know, you could feel, see fellas slouching down and kind of not making eye contact, like you were a child in school, avoiding the teacher in case they'd ask you a question. Um, but it was always, back then, it was always, the ne- it was always probably the negative stuff. It was always, you know, yeah. the, the turnovers and what you did wrong, to your, to your point, I suppose. Whereas... Now it's being seen as a, um, you know, a, a tool for improving, really, whereas before it was something to, to hit you over the head with. Uh, and, and now we even see a lot of stuff where, where the players are the ones that are leading a lot of those, those kind of video analysis sessions, where they're the ones that are, that are picking out bits and pieces and speaking to the group, or speaking maybe to their own group or, or speaking to the larger group, but that they're the ones almost leading it as opposed to a coach or, or a video anal- analyst or something as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what I would say is, you, you you know, you're in the right place, and you, your job is done almost. You know, when when you become um, a provider of information, you know, players yeah. will come and they and, and they'll ask, they'll say, you know, they'll have gone through the video themselves, mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, you know, can you give me these six or seven clips, you know, from from minute eight for thirty seconds, from minute. 21 for 26 seconds and then they'll go into in, into their forwards group or into their defensive group and they'll present those themselves and you might be just there and you, you're just to, to go back or to draw something on it or, or, or to show and it does get to that you're, mm. you're right Mike when, when you say it that, that that's where it gets to you know it gets to players analysing their own performance, their teammates' performance, and the team's performance. And it gets to a point where they will talk about it and they will demonstrate and they will show and get that collective buy-in. Absolutely. You know, we, we, there's some, some people give out about cliches and they say about, you know, is it a player-led team or this is a real player-led team and the players do this. And then you do get to a stage where coaches are, are almost there for guidance in, mm. in, in, in that leaders step up within the group. And I would find, you know, certainly with, 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 with some of the top teams, you know, when they were at the at the top, way that, that that's where that's where you got to. You were being hounded by individual players mm. for 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 different clips that they could talk and they could put into little chat groups and they could say, "Where did we, you know, how could we do this better?" Um, and and it, the performance or, or the opposition analysis benefits really great from that too. You know, sometimes. If uh, you're dealing with a county team and you're asked to look at whoever you're playing with uh, by way of, 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 of opposition and you put together a little um, pack of opposition analysis to say, well, okay, this is the way Mayo will set up. This is the way they'll play. Where you get the absolute real value is from the players who've played either Sigerson or they've been on trips or they've mm-hmm. played against a particular player 
they'll tell you the little things that that player does, you know, whereas, you know, it might be Killian O'Connor, he, he always wants to go left. Mm. Um, <laughs> so he, he'll, he'll receive the ball out in front, you know, and, and players who've marked him will, will say that, you know, I notice when, I, when I'm coming out to him now, I can nearly get a step on him because he always wants to, to take that space, mm. uh, and that's a, at inter county level. That's a huge, yeah. I think, untapped resource. You know, yeah. where where the analyst or the coach might come and say, "Well, Mike, you know, you've you've marked this guy maybe five or six times. You've played alongside him for on Sigerson Potsy like." Mm. Yeah, and they're 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 the nuances, I suppose, that you that you get to when when a group is comfortable with with uh, with that whole process, I suppose, really, isn't it? Like that the, that the more trust you're putting in those fellas, then when they're comfortable in that space, the more the more information you're going to get back and and to your benefit, then I suppose ultimately that your your own performance and the team's performance should should benefit along in kind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and as you say, that that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen overnight. And no. I, I sort of found that myself. If you can think, when I went from the Dublin footballers in 2017 to in with the Hurlers in 2018, obviously Dublin footballers for that period of time had been very successful, mm. and they had built, you know, a, a really strong bond between yeah. themselves. And and they, they were they were self sufficient in in the whole area of analysis. Yeah. So probably for for a couple of years, I was used to just feeding the, the what, what they were yeah. looking for, and and then you come into a team that's that's nearly beginning that journey, mm. um, and I was probably guilty at the very start. I remember Pat saying to me, "You know, you know, hold, hold back, you know, a little bit. You need to bring the guys with you." You know, I was almost had that expectation that. They that that our hurlers were a team that had won four or five all Irelands yeah. and that they were going to be looking for the same team. So, yeah, it's, it's sometimes you, you you find out and you can only find out by by, by finding yourself in that situation. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting though. It's 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 it's. I suppose it's along the lifespan of a team as well and where they are in that evolution is 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 key to it. Ray, I'm going to wrap it up but before before we go because I think that that's been some really really interesting stuff. I, I was just looking on your on your your Twitter uh, yesterday evening there as well. There's some you, you put up some some really good come videos and stuff up there. Do you want to maybe tell people you know maybe give people your 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 name on that I suppose maybe and just the, the idea behind that and and some of the quality of the videos you have up there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's at analysis GAA um, and. I, 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 there's so much bad news you know you get up in the morning there's, there's COVID here there's COVID there I, I, I listen to everything you know and what I find is I, I'm just I'm, I'm trawling to get to, to get um, videos of, of, of players um, you know I've put up one of, of the, the penalty that the uh, Kenny Kamogi team, um, you know, if, if you look at the, the, that that clip, uh, tap the ball over the bar. It's in injury time. You're winning by a point, but to, to have the guts to go for the goal mm. and to put it away in, in, in the way in which it is, and just you know, what, what's the learning from that? What lesson would you take, you know, from that? Somebody who's backing them, themselves in that way, and 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 other you know other videos, and then I cross sports, you know, because mm. in actual fact. The message is the same, and you know, if somebody was to say to me, 
okay, you've seen a lot, and that's it. I've been a fly on a wall in in, in a lot of things, you know. Um, what's 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 the key to success? And what I would say is, it's hard work, you know, and mm. it's it's unpopular hard work, you know. Yeah. Like people will, uh, I, I loved that um, documentary, the one with Michael Jordan, you know, because the players, he was unpopular with the players because he demanded yeah, yeah. so much of them, yeah. you know. Um, but he, he he demanded of them what he what, what he was willing to give himself and what he was doing. And Kobe Bryant is the same, you know. And he, 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 you look across them, and um, some of the, the New Zealand rugby players are stuff up there, you know, guys who didn't who would not have been uh, Richie McCall would you know, and, and the coaches would say he wasn't the most naturally gifted player. Mm. He wasn't. Uh, Technically, the best, the the best player, but he just had a savage work rate and probably ended up being certainly one of the best rugby players yeah. of all time. And mm. um, so, it, it, it's funny, you know. And even people talk about Muhammad Ali or, or or anybody like that. Any sports person that gets that 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 gets to where they want to go, um, I, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in you can have anything that you want. But you can't have everything, you know. And I, I say that to my own young lad when 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 he, when he's going training. You know, if you really want to focus on your football, well, then that's where you need to be putting it. You know, your college work you need to you need to be putting it. And um, then you know you can't be going for a point with the lads then on on, on yeah. two nights of the week. You know, so if you want to do that and become really good at that, well then <laughs> that's okay. But someone else is going to fall, you know. So yeah, yeah. You, you know and. What I would say, and I've seen so many players, I've seen so many players come into Dublin dressing rooms over the years who wouldn't be regarded as marquee gifted players, mm. um, but they're the players who go on and, and make it. And I've seen a lot of players who would come in and would be naturally very gifted and uh, would be the standout player, and, and they haven't made it. Mm. Um, and I, I, I think the answer to it from what I can see is it's the people who, who are prepared to make those hard choices, mm. you know, to get enough sleep, to eat properly, to hydrate properly, to do all the training that they need and to understand that they can always be better today than they were yesterday and to look to get that piece. Um, so so you, you were asking me, about which I, I, I try and put that out there, you know, and try and keep it as positive as as as, as possible, um, yeah. and it's the sort of one nuance that I try to, to keep running through it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, super. Ray, that was that was fascinating, man. I really really enjoyed that. I, I thought it was. I think I, I wrote about four pages of, of, of notes there, so that's that's great. And I'll be, I'll be sure to listen back and take some more. And and I'm sure for everybody listening, there was there was plenty of stuff there, depending on whatever context that, that you're in as well. And uh, I suppose Ray, when I started about three months ago, the idea was to try and put out a little bit like your Twitter page, maybe to put out a little bit of, you know, positive help and 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 give coaches a bit of a, an opportunity for to to hear a bit of thoughtful debate from people across different sections of, of sport and stuff but also then as a as a fundraiser for Temple Street Children's Hospital so um thankfully that we have a green light for intercounty coming back on the 19th of, of April and uh, I'll, I'll be probably wrapping these up in in the next week or so so maybe for people that have donated again I just want to say a huge thank you obviously everything is going directly to Temple Street and and there's nobody getting 
paid or anything. And uh, for those that haven't, uh, the window is closing. So if you do have a couple of euros spare, it would be most appreciated by, by everybody in Temple Street and myself. So, Ray, thanks a million again for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Brilliant. Thanks, Mike, and happy Easter to you.